Hey ladies, welcome to the Diamond Hands Podcast. So you want to own a med spa? Welcome to our community and explore the exciting industry of medical aesthetics and hear from experienced med spa owners and relevant industry experts to guide you on your path, mindset, money, practice management, marketing, finance. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Hands Podcast. Today we are so excited to have this baby here with us. Beth Blaney. She is the owner of Beth Blaney and Associates in New Hampshire. Welcome, Beth. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. <laughs> I'm so pumped too. So for you guys who are listening just to the podcast and you're not on YouTube, this girl is dressed to kill. She has the glasses, she has the blue hair, the earrings, and she has the feng shui. She has the plants in the background, like she's doing it. I love it. I love it. Because <laughs> like so many times in the financial world, you know, we're used to seeing these boring people, you know, mm-hmm. like, why do you need to be boring just because you're finance? I totally agree. Why? Have why? a little juice. Have a little juice. <laughs> So Beth, you know, just tell us, you know, tell us, you know, where you're from, um, a little bit about, you know, your background and what got you into bookkeeping in the first place. Sure. So you might have to stop me because I could go forever on this one. <laughs> it's okay. We got time. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I started my career, uh, in medical billing actually. Wow. Um, I kind of fell into it when I was like 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was always sort of had a piece in finance. Um, And I I worked in in that and in, um, you know, customer service in in the medical field, um, managing for years. And then I started, I kind of, I went off track. I went Mm -hmm. and started at a a med device startup company, you know, like, the kind of startup that like you see on TV with the ping pong tables and the beer keg and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. Which was super fun and I loved it and I loved what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we grew a lot. And so at, at that, that was the first time I had really, really done bookkeeping. Yeah. Uh, it kind of fell in my lap because of my background working in, you know, the numbers in a business. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a CFO there and I was hired to be kind of the jack of all trades. Wow. And she said, and it had nothing to do with bookkeeping. Bookkeeping mm-hmm. was not on the job description. <laughs> You're like, ma'am, um, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She goes, um, have you ever done any bookkeeping? I said, I've played around in QuickBooks, but like never done bookkeeping. Yeah. And she said, well, you're a pretty smart cookie. I'm going to teach you. And I said, okay. Okay. And it just clicked. It was just my thing. Wow. Um, I loved it. I loved, I loved the numbers and I loved mm-hmm. the, like, I love the nerdy side yeah. of it, but then I love that you can still have a personality. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. That is so great. So, you know, after working for that CFO for some time, uh, what was the point when you were like, mm, okay, you know, I'm going to do this myself. Yeah. So there were a couple factors. It was, um, one, the company had grown a lot, which is fantastic. I mean, I was the 13th employee and 
you know, a few years later, there were 50. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really like that small, small business Mm -hmm. vibe. And once you start getting into the 50s, it becomes more, more corporate-y, right? Yeah. And um, also, I, the CFO had me doing a couple of her other clients' books Mm -hmm. on the side. (laughs) And so now I was starting to see what it was like to work with multiple clients. Yes. And then the dropping point came. Um, my mother got really sick and we knew that she was going to pass. And it was just that, you know, that typically hear it all the time, that eye-opening moment of I'm, I'm not happy in my job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There are so many jobs out there or so many things I could do. Yeah. And I know that I have so much more in me. Mm -hmm. So why, why life is short. Why am I, why am I going to be in a situation that's not the best for me at this point in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided, you know what, I'm going to go out on my own. I'm going to see how it goes. And um, I never told my mom. I didn't wow. want her to be worried, even though I knew she would be supportive. Mm-hmm. I didn't want her to leave this world being worried that I wasn't financially stable. Oh my and so I sit here now, you know what, that was 2016. Yeah. So I sit here now and I look back and I say, man, if she could see me mm-hmm. and my business that I've created at this point, I can't even imagine how proud she would be. Wow. Sorry to bring it down. That's no, uh, I, I think it's, you know, for, for everything in life, you know, there's the other side of it, you know, everything's not going to be, you know, roses. And I, I think that's a, a really um, kind of like impactful story. And for, for anyone listening, it, it, that makes a lot of sense. It's just like, life is so short, life is not given, and we need to act like we only have a year left in yeah. everything that we do. Because we're, we're so many times we're playing so small because we think we have unlimited time. Right. You know? And we don't. Yeah. And we don't. I feel at this point, like I've made the most of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's the greatest thing that you, you have been able to make the most of it. So now, you know, you have this amazing business. You have um, how many women working for you now? Eight. Yeah, you have eight women working for you. You know, other women that are bookkeepers, you know, admins. You have a great establishment. And so, yeah, that's a, that's, that's a testament to just just not 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 playing small because you could have just stayed a bookkeeper at a company yep I could have I could have but you know I had to do something else with that personality you know I I had I I had to put it the whole world needs to see no I'm just exactly the whole world needs to see all this I mean they're much like you you know I I I I couldn't work for somebody else I've oh I'd always been in those types of positions where um, you know, it was, it was, um, you know, kind of like 1099 contractor type of stuff where you get to do your own thing or whatever. And it, just working for someone else is just, it's, it's not for everybody. No, <laughs> it's not no. For everybody. Wow. So, so after that story, which is a, which is a beautiful thing because you're living in your potential and I love that you're not spilling it on the ground. Thank um, you. Tell me also, tell, tell us, you know, what is something that people don't generally know about you that they might find out after 
talking to you for a while, but not immediately. Oh, I was going to say, I'm such an open book that there's not really much that people don't know about me. <laughs> I love that. Um, maybe right, right after meeting me, um, they may not know. I actually um, had a baby when I was 17. Yeah. And he is a thriving, wonderful young adult now. Oh, that's great. And, you know, and I, I struggled. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't just blink my fingers and all of a sudden be the owner of a successful business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that some people, you know, that don't know me yet, they mm -hmm. see, oh, okay, yeah, this girl, she's on fire. You know, she's got this business and they're great. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can come from nothing and, <laughs> and turn it into something. Yeah, you, you definitely can. So how old is your son now? He is, well, now you know my age. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't go there. It's okay. It's okay. He's 23. What, girl. Oh, no. You look fabulous. Thank you. What? Okay. You, okay. You, you ready for this? What? My facial routine is from a client of mine who has, uh, who's a dermatologist and also has an aesthetics company. Yes. I <laughs> love that because you're out here glowing, sis. Okay, you better get it. I love that. So that, that's a beautiful thing. So you have a 17-year-old. And I think that's something else that, you know, other business women can relate to. Um, just the process of having to raise your family and then also having to build this business, which is equally a baby at the oh. same time. <laughs> yes. So for you, what were you say? What would you say were some of the biggest parallels between you know raising your son and raising your business? Patience. Yeah. Lots and lots of patience. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, that gosh, that's such a good question. You keep asking the good ones. <laughs> so he is on the autism spectrum. Yes. And which takes a little more patience. You know, as raising, um, and he was diagnosed. You know, back in maybe like 2002, mm -hmm. before people really, really were as aware of it as they are now. Yes. And so people would come to me and say, "What advice would you give us?" You know, mm -hmm. we, we think our son's on the spectrum, or you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, the biggest piece of advice that I would give you is to understand how your child's brain works mm. it's not how your brain works you need to be able to step outside of yourself and understand from reading books from you know listening to podcasts from yeah. um any sort of way that you can understand how your child's brain is processing things and mm. it's going to allow you to communicate better and understand them better, which then will give you more patience to deal with the difficult things. Mm. And I think that's exactly like it is in business. Yeah. Right. Wow. I, I get inside of my clients' heads. I know what they need. I know, you know, no two clients are the same. Mm -hmm. um, and so to be able to build those relationships with clients and understand, okay, this is how this one deals with money. This is how this yeah. one feels about you know, the bookkeeping tasks and, yeah. and be able to 
you know, extend that, that patience, that understanding that whatever is necessary out yes. to my clients. Wow. That is, that is, I love how you kind of really compared those two. <laughs> that makes, a, that's a lot of sense. I never thought of it that way until you just asked the question. <laughs> I love that though, you know, you can get me to think about, you know, some things maybe you haven't thought about before, but I think I, that's what the thing that I love to do the most. Like, finding the relationships between different things and relating them to each other because that's life, right? Yes. That's life. It's, it, and that's what we do in our everyday lives. Um, and, and, and so you have done that. And, and so now you work with so many different types of people. Um, and, and I kind of wanted to know from your area of expertise, what do you think are some of the, the biggest mistakes that closely held, you know, businesses are making um, as far as their finances, as, as, as far as, you know, how they want to work with you? Like, tell me more about that. Sure. Um, so actually, I have a top 10 blog series on my website. Ooh, um, my top okay. 10 tips for business owners, which is yeah. really a result of top 10 things that you're probably doing wrong. Um, <laughs> so, you know, some of those things um, would be, for example, stop commingling. Mm. Commingling, as you know, means using yeah. your business funds and personal funds interchangeably. And I always tell business owners, the second you even think that you are going to be having a business, open up a new account and only use that for your business Yes. Transactions. Yes. Um, and that's something that unfortunately people kind of figure out very late in, in the, the startup game. Mm -hmm. um, and then going back to fix it and it, it's, it, it can be a nightmare. Yeah, um, so really, nightmare. you know, the moment that you think that this is going to be going somewhere, mm -hmm. um, not even going somewhere, the moment you think you're going to start spending money on this <laughs> idea. Yes. Right. Separate out your bank account. Um, another mistake I think people make is waiting too long to reach out to a bookkeeper. Hmm. Um, now I don't necessarily think that everybody needs a bookkeeper to do their monthly bookkeeping. Yeah. But I do think that everybody needs a bookkeeper in their corner on some level, Hello. whether it's for training, for mm -hmm. setting up your systems, for, you know, occasional advice, mm -hmm. um, down to the full on managing your books on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. um, I think that it really makes sense to connect with a bookkeeper, which leads yeah. me to another one, which is to understand that your CPA and your bookkeeper are not interchangeable. Well, you better preach on that. We got some church today. <laughs> the lady in the building. Yes. Yes. Can you say that one more time? Just your more bookkeeper time. and mm. your CPA are not interchangeable. Huh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not being blasphemous. But that, <laughs> I'm getting into it now. Come on. <laughs> let's, let's do this. But yes, that's a word in itself. Oh, my God. And yeah, continue. I know you want to stop your train. Come on, Pastor. Let's go. Yeah, no. I mean, we work great together mm -hmm. but we're not the same thing i would never even attempt to do your taxes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right but i will do all of the things 
that build your books to a point that your CPA can look at it and go, yep, let's do your taxes. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So we need to work together. Now, mm -hmm. once in a while, you will find a CPA who also does bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, or has a bookkeeping department, right? Yes. If it's a company. Yes, I have, I have seen those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is totally fine. But I always tell people, review your contract and understand what you're getting into with any kind of relationship. So mm -hmm. if you're getting into a relationship with a CPA, what exactly is their role? Yes. I see so many people come to me and go, yeah, my CPA was supposed to be doing my books, but nothing's happened in QuickBooks in the last six months. <laughs> so what do you, like, can you tell me why you thought that they were supposed to be doing your books? Do you have yeah. the, oh, I don't know. I just assumed. Oh. So, you know, really important to know that those are two people that you need on your financial team in some yeah. capacity at every point in your business. 100%. Wow. Yeah. I, and I, that, I think that's a, a good thing, you know, because that's, that's definitely probably something more for a more junior business owner, because I'm sure the more senior ones, they figure that out because through trial by fire, like, exactly. like we got messed up in these streets and then they have to go back to the beginning, basically. But yeah, for the, for the junior business owners, like I call them freshman business owners. It's like, yeah, you need to realize like, uh, Miss Blaney said, you got to separate those things. Yep. Got to separate them because they don't always act the same. Is there anything else that you think that, um, you know, what about, so that's kind of like more the freshman business owner stuff. What about things that a more seasoned business owner um, would, you know, should kind of like look out for? Sure. Um, I think, I think it's the same idea in terms of a team. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, you and I were, were talking earlier before the podcast about having a team of financial professionals and yeah. insurance professionals and, you know, whatever else you may need who are working together on your behalf. Mm -hmm. um, so to have those really segmented out is, is problematic. Oh, yeah. um, you want to know that your financial advisor can speak to your CPA who can speak to your bookkeeper and, and come up with a plan um, because your finance isn't just about punching numbers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Business finances are, are really about planning. Oh yeah. And do you want to grow? Do you have intention, you know, to scale or mm -hmm. are you happy where you are? Mm -hmm. Regardless of what your answer is to that, you still need those people in place to make sure that, that that plan is running smoothly. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that what you kind of touched upon is is, is really, um, you know, what's the word? Salient, I don't know. But you really touched upon a good point there because I, I, I do find that, that people will say, oh, you know, I'm all set, my financial advisor does that, I'm all set, my CPA does that. And they don't even really understand the roles of these different people that are around them because you know it, in my world I'm like okay I see the business owner and around them they need to have you know their wealth team and like you said it's very problematic when those pieces aren't talking to each other like you know the CPA you have your bookkeeper sometimes the CPA like you said has a bookkeeping department you know you'll have your financial advisor sometimes financial advisors are not insurance advisors they're not always the same <laughs> 
right? so they won't be talking to each other because one of them is like, okay, I'm focusing on investments only. The other one is like, I'm focusing on insurance only. And they don't talk to each other. And then you'll have, um, you know, and then we're not even talking about the legal side of your wealth team because, you know, you have to have your corporate attorney, um, you know, your business attorney. And then, you know, you have to have your, um, you know, at some point, you know, your estate planning attorney. Like all these people need to be in cahoots and they need to be talking to each other if they're actually putting together any significant plan for you. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Otherwise, you're basically just walking blind. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's not a place you want to be in your business. No, not at all. I and mean, then one giving this advice and the other giving that advice, and they're, and, they're, and they're you know almost fighting against each other. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not a happy little family. It's not a happy little family. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, we here want you to have a happy little family. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and, and, you know, speaking of happy little families, you know, it's, it's funny, like in, in this day and age, you know, you and I were women, we own our businesses and everything like that, you know, however, a term has been thrown around a lot is girl boss, boss in heels, and all of these like kind of twinkly names around us. And I just want to ask you, it's just kind of opinion, like what are your thoughts on that? And do you think we just need to claim our title as boss and throw out the rest? Or do you think it like signifies some sort of strength to put the modifier girl in front of something? Like, what are your thoughts on all this girl boss? Yeah, no, it's a good question. It's, it's a question that I've thought about actually a lot. Mm-hmm. Because a couple years ago when my business really started booming, um, my partner bought me, I have it right above me, mm-hmm. one of those, um, those name plates for your desk. that says girl boss yes and I didn't know how I felt about it at first Mm. and I was like no dude I'm just a boss (laughs) and and then I started I started kind of liking it like my LinkedIn profile now says boss lady yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that you're right. I think that I think that we're in a sort of transition period right now where we need to call that out. We need to not just ignore the fact that women are killing it right now in yeah. business. Yeah. You know, we we need to say, hey, yeah, we're doing this. And, you know, we're not letting anything get in our way. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I've always kind of found it interesting and, and I I kind of struggled between the two because I'm like, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. Do I need to be oh female entrepreneur or a woman entrepreneur can I just be an entrepreneur yeah like you said it's kind of like you know sadly to society there's still a lot of gaps between women and men even how we are sometimes perceived in the marketplace you know and, and 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 that's something else and so yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. You know, I struggled with it too at one point, but yeah, we have to kind of call it to the forefront that we are entrepreneurs and we are women because there was such a long time that we did not get to be that. Right. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I strange. I'm bringing this back to a family story again. So my grandmother, she was a badass woman. Yeah. She was a nurse in World War II what okay she never let anything get her down 
And she was a feminist before feminism was the thing. <laughs> and she told me stories about how, like she was, she was a head nurse at a large hospital, wow. which is a big deal. And she used to tell me that she had, you know, the male doctors would talk down to her. Mm. He would talk right back. <laughs> she did not sit back and take it. She was like, nope, you don't know what you're talking about. This is what I do. This is my role. And this wow. is what needs to happen. Wow. And she would go to battle with these male doctors. Wow. And think about it. That wasn't, that was my grandmother. Like that wasn't that long ago. No. So yeah, I mean, do we need to call it out at this point? You know, I, I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. But I hope that 10, 20 years from now, mm -hmm. it's not even necessary. Yeah, it's just like, here's an entrepreneur, Beth Blaney. That's it. Like, you don't, you don't need the modifier. I love that story about your grandmother being a nurse in, in World War II, though. I mean, that, that's such a great story. Like, I, do you have any blogs about that story before? No, you know, I never blog about personal stuff. Yeah. I don't I, know why. I just, yeah. I don't. I think that's such a great story, though. Shoot, I might take it and blog it with myself. Nurses being bosses telling doctors where to go. My next tattoo is the uh, Rosie the Riveter with yes. a nurse, a World War II nurse's hat on it to oh represent her. Oh, that's going to be so great. And, and you know, I also love it because, you know, as you probably know, um, many of my audience are you know, nurses, nurse practitioners, DNPs, you know, yeah, there's mm -hmm. a lot of things in there, but, and so, you know, you're so cool and everything, but, you know, uh, and however, I know, despite all the coolness, you run a professional practice, so, you know, tell us about your process when a new client comes to, you know, work with you, and that typical life cycle, you know, what does that look like for someone who, you know, maybe starts small, say they're like a solopreneur or they might have one employee and then, you know, they've stayed with you. Now they have 10, 15 employees over a couple of years. What's that life cycle and how does that relationship change? Now take, take us through. Sure. So um, I have, there's, there's two different ways to work with us, mm -hmm. um, which is actually super exciting. Mm -hmm. I just launched a QuickBooks online for entrepreneurs course. Ooh. to help those starting solopreneurs who are frustrated, they don't know how to do their books, they've tried playing with QuickBooks, or maybe they haven't even considered touching it because they're too scared, mm -hmm. or they just simply don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and that would be sort of the entry level for a brand new business. Um, because at that point you probably don't need regular monthly bookkeeping mm -hmm. and we, along with some other, um, bookkeeping companies have a sort of monthly minimum. Mm -hmm. yeah, and if you were just starting out, you don't need to be paying that kind of, that kind of minimum. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but as you, as you grow and it becomes time to say, all right, we, we need somebody in here. Um, and by in here, I mean virtual because we don't go anywhere. <laughs> yes, love it, love it. <laughs> we, um, we would start with getting to know them. We would, mm -hmm. we would, we have a questionnaire. We'd have a phone call. Let's talk about your business. Where are you, you know, not just your books, but 
where are you at, you know, in terms of your goals? What do you yeah. want this business to be? What do you, what are you looking for? Mm-hmm. Um, are you happy? I actually have a question on my intake form that says, are you happy with your current accountant? Mm. Yes. No. Am I supposed to be? Wow. Do you know how many people respond? Am I supposed to be? Wow. Yes. 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 You are supposed to be. <laughs> wow. PSA. You're supposed to be happy with your accountant. Wow. Um, and so we really look at things holistically mm-hmm. and, um, and then we, if they already had books, if they were using something like QuickBooks, FreshBooks, um, what have you, um, we would review them. Now, again, a lot of times people come and they say, oh, my, you know, my husband was doing the books and he knows what he's doing and they're fine. So you just need to take on, take them on from here. Moment of silence for that. Yeah. Um, so we start by reviewing their current books yes. and we come up with a, it's a diagnostic review and we come mm-hmm. up with, okay, here are the things that, that are okay. Here mm-hmm. are the things that are not okay. Here's mm-hmm. what we need to fix. And here's our plan to do that. Yeah. Um, now my firm only works with QuickBooks. So we work with QuickBooks online and QuickBooks desktop. That's it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. they're open to it and they're using something like Wave or FreshBooks, then, then we'll transition them over. But if they're stuck mm-hmm. on, on wanting to stay on those platforms, we'll help them find another bookkeeper. Nice. Um, and, you know, also if they're not the right fit for us, we'll help them find another bookkeeper. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to work with people who are not nice. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work with people who don't want a partner you know, a team. Um, mm-hmm. If they just want me to, you know, and my team to be just the number punchers in the background, that's, that's not us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we really work to determine, are we going to be a good fit? Do you feel comfortable with me as well? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I'm asking you to provide your deepest, darkest secrets to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so you need to be able to feel comfortable to have that relationship Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe I'm not your cup of tea. Maybe you want someone with normal colored hair and, you know, <laughs> boring, no tattoos and, and all that stuff. Like, fine, I get it. Yeah, maybe yeah. somebody who doesn't drop F-bombs would be your cup of tea. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's not me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we go through that process and then we, we say, look, let's, let's talk about how long we think this is going to take. Mm-hmm. We start with the cleanup. We don't even touch the current books until we mm-hmm. have everything in order. We yeah. review last year's tax returns mm-hmm. and we make sure that it matches the books, which yeah. is an important piece that people often miss. Wow. Um, and, and then we are super flexible in terms of what we can do once somebody is working with us. So because I have that background in the jack of all trades, you know, type of stuff, yeah. we don't just do bookkeeping. Yeah. I don't, I, I found that my, my clients, particularly my sole proprietors really needed more back office support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we provide that for clients. We provide, you know, assistance with helping find a financial advisor or, mm-hmm. an, you know, an insurance person. We help mm-hmm. find um, a business lawyer and a state lawyer, um, will help coordinate all of that. We also do a lot of admin tasks for a lot of our clients. Like we help Mm -hmm. them 
create their invoicing. We look at their systems and say, oh boy, right now you're collecting through Square and Stripe and PayPal and Venmo. Mm. Ooh, that's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> First, let's cross Venmo off the list. <laughs> Real bad. Exactly. <laughs> and then let's figure out how to streamline this so that it works the best for you and for your staff and mm -hmm. for your clients. And then for us as your bookkeepers. Exactly. So there's a lot of process that goes into it. It's not just, all right, we're just going to pick up your books and start typing, you know, what mm -hmm. we see on your bank statement. Yeah. Wow. That's really, that's, that's really great that you kind of like, you know, um, let everyone through the process of how that actually works. And then after you've gotten that all set up, like how often do you typically, you know, and of course it changes for everybody, but how often do you typically meet with your clients? How, what boundaries do you establish for yourself? How, you know, how are they able to get in contact with you? I know boundaries. That word. Ooh. I probably can't deliver on that one. Yeah. So, what's the word? So, tell us about that and boundaries and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, as as most of most of your listeners probably know, at the beginning you don't have boundaries. Mm -hmm, you're mm -hmm. just like, I'm going to take whatever client comes to me. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to take however much they're going to pay me. And I'm going to answer the phone 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm too far in for that. Uh -uh. <laughs> like, but let yeah. me tell you, it is so hard to transition those OG clients Ooh. into your new boundaries when you decide to set them. Oh, you are speaking a language that you know, a lot of our medical aesthetic providers know, you know, and I talk about this all the time and anyone who's listened to my first season, you guys are gonna be so annoyed. I'm talking about this again in season two, but there's a book that I recommend to every one of my clients. It's called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Oh! You are not. So uh -huh. that book, it, it really talks about that, you know, the practice, you know, I call it the practitioner or whatever, but you know, that's the technician. Then you have, you know, um, the manager and then you have the visionary and they all can't exist in the same person forever. They can't. And when, and I, and I find that, you know, just like you said in your bookkeeping practice or a small practice, when you're so used to handholding your clients or your patients and, and they're so used to you, it's hard to transition them to say, okay, my business has grown. I now have a team, even though I love working with you, I have to focus on other things and wear a different hat. And my team member is just as good as they can take care of you. And those OGs, honey, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> oh, what's her name? I have, I have one that, that calls, she's had the same bookkeeper from my team for like a year. Yeah. She calls her, what's her name? Mm -mm. no and, and, and that's the thing it's funny I don't remember who I talked to about this the other day um it was I think it was a podcast recording we were talking about it and I forget who it was but um basically they're saying you know it's kind of a white glove handoff is what has to occur over time it's like you so when you're doing meetings with those clients or patients um you know you have the other provider or the other bookkeeper in that meeting with you and have them start doing more and more and more and more and then you kind of just fade off into the distance yes i think it's so being able to set boundaries is being able to set expectations Ooh, expectations yes. you need to lay that out for people so mm -hmm. it used to be and i am so with you on the e-myth that book changed my life everything another wow. one on that same are you ready it's called clockwork by mike mccallowitz 
clockwork. It's so funny you say that. My profit first is my jam. Woo! Oh, we could talk for days. We're, we're dorking out over here. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. But <laughs> So if you love Profit First, you loved E-Myth, you better get on Clockwork. The pumpkin plan, all of it. All of it. Yes. Yes, guys. Yes. So you are not your business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you need to set that expectation at the beginning. Because when you start, you are your business. You're, mm-hmm. you're the face of your business. You are everything in your business. And people mm-hmm. get used to that. And, you know, my staff of bookkeepers are not going out there networking. They're not going out there meeting people and putting their face to everything mm-hmm. and then having people come to them. Mm-hmm. That's me. They're coming to yeah. me. And mm-hmm. I need to make it very clear in our first discovery meeting, um, which, you know, again, would translate to their first appointment yes. to say, Oh, so this is Beth Blaney and Associates, which by the way, I'm changing the name because I don't want my name to be my business anymore. Yes, yes. And saying, hey, so I also have this great team um, and I'm going to assign one of my staff. Once we understand what your needs are, I'm going to assign one of my staff to your account. And that mm-hmm. is going to be your primary contact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So being able to say that now at first, they're just like, oh, okay, no problem. Cool. Yeah. Whereas if you're trying to transition out of it, it's like, what? No, but I need you. You're the only one that can do it. And you're the only one that knows me. And no. yeah, wow. Yeah, starting with the end in mind. And, and, I, and I think, you know, many of us, you know, and I've, I've made that mistake too. And I'm not going to stand here and be like, I'm perfect. Hell no. But <laughs> I made that mistake too, you know, in, in the past. It was like, you know, only I can talk to this client. Only I can answer this email. Only I, only I. And then you trap yourself and you bottleneck yourself. And so you're on vacation and you're answering emails. You're on vacation, you're answering texts and phone calls. And it's not a great place to be. It's not, especially once you start growing. It's really not the place where you want to be in your business. Not at all. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of wrapping down here, but maybe we can kind of, so what are some tips on, Okay, so say for example, a person is either going to be changing their bookkeeper or they want to get a new bookkeeper this is the first time. I know there's questions that you ask, but what do you feel are some questions that they should be asking the bookkeeper to get a lay of the land when they're interviewing maybe two or three before they decide? Yeah, so first of all, I always suggest that people interview a couple before deciding. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Even if they talk to me first, I will tell them, go talk to a couple people and make sure that you feel right with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to make a sale to make a sale. I want to make a good relationship. Yeah. And you want to find a bookkeeper who wants that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to ask them questions like, oh, this one gets missed all the time and you're going to love it. <laughs> make sure the bookkeeper has not only liability insurance, but cyber insurance. Ooh, cybersecurity insurance, you are preaching. Yes. <laughs> Come on, tell them. Yeah. Tell if I, I have millions of, dollar, millions of dollars in policy that mm-hmm. if everything's online now, if someone mm-hmm. hacks into my computer and gets your QuickBooks data, I have coverage for up to like, I don't know, two or $3 million. Mm-hmm. I should probably mm-hmm. know that. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Hope my insurance agent is listening. Um, 
And, um, and, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people haven't jumped on the ball with that yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a question you would want to ask is how techie are they? Mm. Um, you know, you'll find a lot of sort of old school bookkeepers who like need to come into your office and they need to see papers and they need to sit down. Those are mm -hmm. not the kind of people that are necessarily going to help you move forward mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in your business as, as it continues to grow. Those mm -hmm. are great people for businesses that are stable and they've been doing the same thing for the last 20 years. They're going to continue doing the same thing for yeah. the next 20, but you want somebody who is able to look at automations, who mm -hmm. understands the different systems that you're already using mm -hmm. um, and who's willing to bring in those ideas for, for making things better, smoother, easier, faster, more accurate. Yes. Um, and, and I think the biggest thing is vibe. Like it goes back yeah. to the question of, are you happy with your CPA? You want to be happy with your bookkeeper. And I, and I talked about trust too. You want to feel like, can I, like, I don't trust this person yet, obviously, mm -hmm. but is this the kind of person I feel like I could trust? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. and, and kind of go with your gut as long as they have those basics. Um, sometimes it could be helpful to find somebody who has worked in your industry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not necessary. Um, I would suggest finding somebody who, or asking the question, have you worked with multiple clients mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as opposed to you were just a bookkeeper in one office, you know, that person doesn't yet have the experience of being able to manage the different companies and different needs and different, different types of things. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I would ask, what are your, what are your processes? Mm -hmm. And do you have them documented? Mm -hmm. And what are the expectations of mm -hmm. me and me for you? Yeah, those are great questions that people should be asking any prospective bookkeeper. And even some of those questions, guys, you, those, those are transferable. You can, you can ask some of those same questions if you're working with a financial advisor. You can ask some of those questions, you know, because there's people that they only work in the employee benefit space and they're trying to do something else on the side, but they don't have a specialty in, you know, whatever type of business that you're in. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of people who specialize. I love people who specialize. You know, it's great to be a jack of all trades. You know, um, I tend to be that way in, in, in many things in life, but in my business. <laughs> Jane of all trades, really. We should oh. be <laughs> sorry, guys. Sorry, excuse me, excuse me. Jane of all trades. There you go. Yes. So, you know, Jane of all trades, but, you know, in my business, I've chosen to specialize instead of saying, hey, I work with every industry and everyone can come to me because it can get messy when someone claims that they work with every and anybody yes messy. yes yeah. so that that's excellent so my last question to you um is what is your biggest piece of advice for those who are starting their businesses and and, and it could be medical aesthetics it could be anything what, what, is, what is your biggest word, word of advice for those starting their businesses and after that tell everybody where we can find you on the internet and how we can get in contact Ooh, my biggest piece of advice. Didn't I give you enough yet? Oh my goodness. Um, mm -hmm. My biggest piece of advice is you got this. 
keep, keep going, listen to those around you that are professionals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't mm -hmm. listen to all the little voices that you hear coming at you from every single direction. Find the people who know what they're talking about, mm -hmm. take their advice and, and stick to it. Keep going and you got this. Okay. So yeah, if, uh, if you wanna know more, um, we are all over social media. We are in, um, gosh, we could check out, I, I say we can start with our website, which is just bethblaney.com. Mm -hmm. um, we've got the blogs there that I talked about. There's a link to the online course um, for QuickBooks and there's all of our social media links. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a little too much into social media. <laughs> That's awesome, guys. So we're going to link everything in the show notes. So you'll have that. It will be on the Diamond Hands website. It will be on Apple, all the show notes. It's going to be there. So, oh my God, Beth, it has been so fabulous learning more about you, hearing about your experience and, you know, how you created something out of nothing. Like, you know, as women, we have a creative power and you've really shown us, you know, what you've done in your business. And I think that, you know, guys, if you do need a bookkeeper, I don't know her that well, but I can say her vibes <laughs> are amazing. And I'm definitely going to be looking into her more, guys. So, Stop it. You're going to make me cry now. <laughs> no. All right, Beth. You take care, okay? Thanks. You too. Thanks for having me. Like what you heard? Please leave us a review. I appreciate you listening and your support. Follow us on Instagram at Plan Life Happens and comment on this episode's post. Also, I appreciate your feedback and ideas. Improving is the name of the game. I'm Leslie Tracy, your host. Thanks for listening.